Welcome to episode two of the Pursuit of Mastery. And today's episode title is Discipline is Greater Than Motivation. And so I want to share a quote from a former Navy SEAL operator turned leadership consultant named Jocko Willink that I think perfectly encapsulates our topic today. He says, don't expect to be motivated every day to get out there and make things happen. You won't be. Don't count on motivation. Count on discipline. So how do I become an individual who isn't reliant on the fleeting feelings of motivation, but can instead fall back on the much more stable habit of self-discipline to achieve my goals and become world-class? That is the question that I'll be addressing in today's episode, so stick around. My name is David Randy, and I hope you enjoy episode two. episode, we'll be talking about discipline and motivation, how discipline is more potent than motivation, and how you can become a more self-disciplined individual. Especially with it being a new year, with all the New Year's resolutions, I thought it an appropriate time to talk about this and share with you some pretty disappointing statistics. So of the people who create a New Year's resolution, 80% of them are forgotten by February, and only 9% of people stick to them all year long. It's such common practice to abandon New Year's resolutions that the second Friday in January has actually been declared National Quitters Day. And the sad reality is the only way to become world-class in anything, whether it's sports, business, leadership, is to set intentional goals and consistently follow through with them. And 80% of individuals are abandoning these goals by February. So what do I do with that information and how do I become part of the 9% of people who actually stick to the goals that they set? First, we need to understand the mechanisms that are in play that are keeping us from being disciplined. Neuroscientist Andrew Huberman has actually coined the term limbic friction, which is the gap between wanting to do something and actually doing that thing. So how do I overcome this limbic friction? I'm going to give you three principles to overcome this limbic friction and become a more disciplined individual. Principle number one is to stop procrastinating. Mel Robbins is an author and spends a lot of her time studying the science of procrastination. And she has this to say about it. First, you need to understand that you are not a procrastinator. You have a habit of procrastination. And it's important to understand that distinction because if it's a habit, it can be changed. Now, there are three parts to a habit. There's a trigger, there's a pattern that you repeat, and then there's a reward. Now, in the case of procrastination, the trigger is always stress. The pattern that you repeat is putting off what needs to be done or procrastinating. And the reward is you get a little temporary stress relief. Now, when you read books on habit formation, oftentimes they'll recommend that you avoid the trigger, but we also need to acknowledge the reality that we cannot completely eliminate stress. So what we need to instead focus on is changing the pattern that we repeat. Mel Robbins' solution to this is to first acknowledge the stress because this awakens the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that is most responsible for our higher order executive functions. The reason that this is important is stress can actually cause a rapid and dramatic loss of prefrontal cognitive abilities, and by acknowledging it, we're actually awakening that portion of the brain. Then she recommends counting 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 because this will interrupt the habit loop, and then do 5 minutes of work. Oftentimes you'll find that if you just start the work, you'll actually end up doing more than 5 minutes. Okay, so that was a lot of information, so let me provide a real-world example, that way we can better understand how to apply this. So let's say you have a major project due for one of the biggest clients at your organization, and this is a huge opportunity for you to show your value to the company. 
but you've never taken on a project this big, and because it's for one of the largest clients, you are understandably stressed. You go on some social media platform and watch your 47th straight video of cats and think to yourself, I don't even like cats. I don't know why I'm doing this right now. See, you were exposed to a trigger, which was stress, which then led to a pattern that you repeat, which in this context was mindlessly scrolling through social media, which then gave you the reward of a little temporary stress relief. So if we go back to Mel Robbins' science-based solution for dealing with this problem, first, this individual needs to acknowledge the stress. The reason they're watching their 47th cat video in a row is not because they care about cats. It's because they're trying to distract themselves from the work that really needs to be done. This is also part of being an emotionally intelligent individual. You need to understand the emotional state you're in and how it's potentially impacting your behavior patterns. After they acknowledge the trigger of stress, they then need to change the pattern that they repeat. This is so incredibly important because this is the element that you can control. You cannot control the fact that you feel stress, but you can control how you respond to that stress. So Mel Robbins' super simple solution for breaking that procrastination habit loop is to count down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then immediately start working on what you should actually be focusing on. So to recap, acknowledge the stress, break the procrastination habit loop by counting down from 5, and then immediately focus your attention on the work that needs to be done that you have been procrastinating from. So that is principle number one to become a more self-disciplined individual is to stop procrastinating and do the work that you are putting off now. Principle number two is to take imperfect action. Zig Ziglar, the personal development trainer, says this, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Really what this is about is avoiding analysis paralysis, and I see this in my coaching all the time. For instance, I'll have a client say, hey, I want to start this new habit, okay? Awesome. Let's brainstorm an action plan together. That way we can make it a reality. We finish brainstorming. The client feels good about it. I check in the following session to see how implementing the action plan has been going. The client says, I think it's going really well. I've read a few books on the subject, so overall I'm feeling pretty good about it. I say, okay, that's awesome. But what actionable steps have you actually taken to help develop this new habit? And the client says, I just told you, I read some books. See, what the client is trying to do is get every minute detail down in order to perfect the action plan. And in reality, he would have made significantly more progress if he would have just taken imperfect action and stumbled through the experience. Let me be very clear on this point. There is nothing wrong with research. There's nothing wrong with reading books on a field that you are trying to improve upon. But it should never be a substitute for action and real-world experience. This fact will give people a tremendous amount of anxiety and will make them feel very uncomfortable, to which I say good, because growth does not happen within your comfort zone. To cap off principle number two of taking imperfect action, I'm going to use a quote from author and motivational speaker Tony Robbins. He says, winners take imperfect action, while losers are still perfecting the plan. This leads me to principle number three, which is to utilize the power of Kaizen. And if you're not familiar with what Kaizen is, Kaizen is a Japanese business term which stands for continuous improvement or getting 1% better every day. This is about focusing on incremental improvements. So many people get so fixated on the mountain in front of them that they get overwhelmed and they quit before they even take the first step in the journey. Don't worry about the mountain. The mountain's not going anywhere. Just worry about how you approach the mountain. Take that first step. And the following day, you take another step. And before you know it, given enough consistency over time, you'll find that you will have made 
tremendous progress over the course of one month, six months, a year. And before you know it, you've summited that mountain. And because you're an individual who believes in consistent growth, you'll find another mountain to summit. And you'll also find that it's not intimidating because you know what the process looks like now. The process looks like taking little consistent steps forward day after day. It also consists of stumbling, falling down, getting back up, learning from that experience, and then continuing to move up the mountain. There's an author named William George Jordan who wrote an article in 1905 called The Kingship of Self-Control. And in that article, he has one of my absolute favorite quotes on this topic. He says, Self-control may be developed in precisely the same manner as we tone up a weak muscle, by little exercises day by day. Let us each day do as mere exercises of discipline in moral gymnastics, a few acts that are disagreeable to us, the doing of which will help us in instant action in our hour of need. I think that's a perfect depiction of what Kaizen is and how self-discipline is cultivated. This is where I need to take a second and discuss why discipline is more important, more valuable, and more potent than motivation. Motivation is not a bad thing. John Maxwell, the leadership consultant, actually has a quote that says, motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. Motivation is awesome when you have it, but it's a fleeting feeling. It's not always going to be there. You can't always choose to feel motivated, but you can choose to stay disciplined. And that's the important distinction between the two. Motivation is a feeling. Discipline is an action that you take. Feelings will come and go. Actions are something that you choose whether or not you do. So let's recap everything that we've covered today. So principle number one is to stop procrastinating and do the work now. And if you find yourself struggling with procrastination, utilize Mel Robbins' five-second rule. Principle number two is to take imperfect action. Stop trying to perfectly piece together this action plan and spending so much time and effort on that, and instead spend that time and effort actually taking action. You may stumble and you may fall, but you'll learn more through falling, and you will succeed in times too, and you'll learn more through those experiences than you ever will trying to formulate the perfect action plan. Principle number three, utilize the power of Kaizen. Get 1% better every day at whatever you're trying to actively improve upon. Do not worry about the mountain that seems to be in front of you. Just focus on the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step. And before you know it, you've summited the mountain. And I'll leave you with this, a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. He says, with self-discipline, most anything is possible. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. My name is David Rainey. I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant. And one of my goals with this channel is to try to reach as many leaders as possible. That way we can positively influence the modern day workplace for the better. So if you enjoyed today's material, I would love it if you left a positive review and shared this with your network. That's how we're going to reach more people. And if you want to learn more about me and my team and how we could potentially help you or your organization, you can reach us at syzygy.global. That's S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y.global. And with that, I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.